Appreciate him singing. Let's take our Bibles and go to 1 John chapter number 1 tonight, if you will. And uh, thankful for the opportunity to speak tonight. And, and I really want to just do a Bible study this evening, if that's okay with you. And uh, take the Word of God and just go through and give you some thoughts tonight. And, and I want to say publicly thank you again for, for loving our family. And, and I think I've said this the last time, and I'm going to say it again. Thank you for showing appreciation to us last month and uh, taking good care of us. And I uh, appreciate uh, this church. We love this church. We do. We, we love you all, and we love uh, being here. We love what God's given us to do here. And uh, we're, we're just uh, eternally grateful. Um, uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Amen. Uh, and uh, appreciate that. But I, I do. I, I love Pastor and his family. And, and I appreciate Miss Doris, too. Um, uh, she doesn't get often recon, recognized, but she keeps us straight around here. Her and Miss Bailey, her little, her little puppy, entertains us for the week. And so uh, we appreciate her. And she does a lot of things, too, behind the scenes. And so thankful for these folks. And First uh, John chapter 1 tonight, we just want to get in the Word of God here this evening and give you some thoughts and uh, some things to think on this evening. And, and I thought when Pastor asked me earlier this week to speak tonight, this is something that uh, the Lord's been dealing with me in my own life and uh, how to have a joyful life, a joyful life. That's what I'm going to talk about this evening. Look at First John 1, and uh, I hope you enjoy your life that God's given you. I hope you have not just uh, the things that you have, your family, but the Christian life and all those things put together, a joyful life. Well, we're going to see that tonight here in this passage, and that's really what I want to uh, speak on this evening, a joyful life. First uh, John chapter 1, look at verse 1. We're going to read the entire chapter. There's 10 verses tonight, and let's read it together. Uh, verse 1 there, okay? Look at it with me. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard and which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. This then is the message which ye have heard, which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us, we confess our our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. I want you to notice verse number four because this really is the heart of, of this first chapter and really I believe the message that John was trying to get to the believers to understand, first of all, that you have eternal life, but to know that you can have a joyful life. You can have life that is full of joy and overflowing, not just uh, partly full, not half full, if, however you say it, uh, not somewhat full, but a, a joyful life that may be full. And I want to speak on that tonight, but let's go Lord in prayer this evening. I'm going to give you some thoughts out of this passage, and uh, we'll get through it here tonight and just look at this truth and ask the Lord to help us in a special way. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for this time that you've given to us. Lord, I pray uh, for the next few moments that, Lord, you would have me say only what you want me to say. And uh, Lord, I pray that you encourage our hearts tonight and equip us and, and use this time to help us. Lord, I know uh, many tonight are, are weary. Lord, many tonight have lost your joy. Uh, Lord, it's easy to do in the midst of the busy life and the busy season. But Lord, help us to keep our eyes ever upon you. And Lord, to trust you each and every moment of the day. Uh, Lord, help us understand these great truths this evening and use them. And thank you for speaking to my heart through them. And we thank you thus far for the music and, and all that's been said and done today. May you be honored glorified this evening. In your name we pray. Amen. 
Think about things that give us joy. I was thinking this afternoon as I was laying in my bed. I don't have an office yet at home or a place to study. I was laying in my bed or sitting in my bed studying this afternoon. And Cassie looked over at me and she said, Daddy, this is good. <laughs> That's what she said. That brings me joy, okay? That was a joyful moment. And uh, we laughed about that on the way into church tonight. And she just says funny things. And you parents tonight or grandparents, you think about things that bring you joy. Uh, maybe it's uh, uh, you seeing your grandchild or your uh, child come to the Lord or they grow and they uh, as they grow up and they say things and do things and I still remember uh, Kyla turned seven next month and I still remember uh, her when she was born and, and our first child and it was a great joy uh, it was exciting I didn't know what I was doing uh, they uh, they handed me to her and said here's your daughter and Aaron they willed Aaron off and I I was joyful I had no idea what I was doing but it was a joyful moment now uh, if you're like me when you have the second one it wasn't so much joy, but it was, uh, no, it really was joyful. Uh, we love Cassie. She's, uh, she brings a lot of joy to our lives, but a lot of things give us joy and fill us up with joy. And, and I never understood, even as, as some of you grandparents would probably appreciate this, as you go to amusement parks, and we went a few weeks ago to Dollywood, and we enjoyed uh, rides and those things like that. And the older I get, the less I really want to do them and watch my kids ride them. And uh, it's, it's a lot of fun to watch them. They get joy out of that, and I get joy out of watching them. I felt kind of uh, uh, funny because my parents used to do that and watch, and uh, Santa watches ride rides and those kind of things. But uh, I enjoy those. are joyful moments. I think about other joyful moments in our Christian life, and uh, seeing people come to know Christ, that's a joyful moment. Seeing a sinner uh, realize their need of a Savior, those are moments that we can give joy. And the Bible tells us angels rejoice in that. If we went all year and saw one person trust Christ, it would be worth it all. Uh, Bible school, we saw many kids trust Christ this summer. At camp, we saw uh, God working lives of teenagers, and we believe God's still working, and we, we praise God for that. Those are joyful moments, joyful times, and we give Him glory for that. But tonight, as we think about this passage, I wonder, the question I want to present to you this evening, as we think about having a joyful life, is your joy full? What, what is causing your joy not to be full? What has hindered your joy? John, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wrote this epistle to really encourage, as I've already said, the believers, they might know eternal life. And I hope that's not in your life, your eternal destination is settled. There's no greater decision to trust Christ as your Savior. And with a shadow of a doubt that your name is written in the book of life. I hope tonight that, and I believe that as a Sunday night crowd here tonight, most of us, most of you probably know the Lord, but I, I feel the need to say that. Maybe some of the watches, watches will watch later. They need to know that and know that's the greatest decision they can ever make. But also tonight, I believe the uh, other encouragement of John is that our joy may be full. Now, I think all of us understand what the word joy means, and I don't have to go into a definition of it, but it's things that bring us joy, we think about in our lives, but... Uh, it's an emotion evoked or, or strum up by well-being, success, and all those things that bring us joy. But I believe from this passage tonight we find three specific things that give us joy. Notice the first one with me. Let's go back through this together tonight. First of all, uh, ways that we can have joy or how to have our joy full is to know the Lord. And, and yes, we know him. We know who he is and what he's done. But let's look at what John says. Look at verse number one. That which was the, from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled the word of life. Notice this, they first, they knew him from the beginning. John is referring to the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. The word of life, Jesus, has always been and always will be. It's hard to understand that sometimes, but as John mentions, he is, has been from the beginning of time. John wasn't speaking of what he thought or what he imagined. He knew the very voice of Jesus. He heard him speak. He recorded, even the fact that he's recorded the very words of Jesus more than any of the gospel writers. And John saw enough that while he walked with Jesus, he was given a, a proof without 
any shadow of doubt that this was the Son of God. John saw into the Savior's life, his actions and his miracles. It, it pleased the Lord so much that, to the extent that he found great joy, or John great joy in, in writing about him and in speaking of him. Look at verse 1 again. That which from the beginning we know he's existed and has been, which we have heard what John says. We have seen with our eyes and we have uh, looked upon, our hands have handled the very word of life. John is speaking from experience, watching what was happening. This was giving him joy. See, he loved thinking about his Savior and his uh, Savior that one day he would, writing this, he would see him once again. Imagine uh, being one of the close disciples. We've looked at the miracles. The pastor's been preaching those. I told him the other day, it's been uh, since I've been here. And, and he apologized. And I said, no, it's been good. I, I've enjoyed them and uh, enjoyed listening through them and, and rethinking through them as one of the disciples, uh, as their view of what the Lord was doing, as he loved and showed compassion to person after person. And, and, and as John was writing, he was listening to him speak. I, I imagine John was writing and thinking over as he heard the Lord and he heard the Lord's voice and talking to him, spending time with him and, and communing with him. And it carries the idea here we see in verse number one that he says, we have gazed with our eyes and looked upon intently, not just for hours, not just for days, but years. Jesus, or John and the other disciples watched Jesus day after day. Jesus was the greatest teacher that ever preached, the greatest teacher and preacher of the word of God. He was one who spoke having authority. And John simply was giving us a, another encouragement tonight. Do we know him? Do you know him in a personal way? Do you listen to him? John was saying, we've known from the beginning. We have seen, we have heard, we've watched the very word of life. We have seen it. John was speaking from experience. Maybe today, tonight would be a, a beginning again or a starting new uh, of getting to know the Lord in a more personal way. So they knew him from the beginning. Second of all, we see in verse number two, they knew him because he showed them. They knew him because he showed them. Look at verse number two. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. They saw, as John said, they saw with their own eyes. They watched. They, they watched as he healed many or did many miracles, performed and healed. And just think with me for a few moments. So most of you have heard the messages over the last few uh, months and, and through this year of the miracles. And I want you to think with me for a few minutes. I'm going to list some, and I just want you to think about them for just a moment. All the things that Christ Jesus has done. Think about this. From uh, a Roman centurion's servant, Peter's mother-in-law, the, the, the men from Gadara, the paralyzed man, the woman with the issue of blood, the two blind men, the, the mute, the, a demon-possessed man with... The man with the shriveled hand, the blind, the mute, uh, demon-possessed man, the Canaanite's woman daughter. I think some of these were just recent. Uh, the boy with the demon uh, possession, the two blind men again, the, the uh, blind man at Bethesda, the crippled woman, the man with uh, drops or, or leprosy, uh, the high priest's servant, the official son at Capernaum, uh, the sick man at the pool of Bethesda, the man born blind, uh, calmed the storm, walked on water, feeding a 5,000. The list could go on and on and on. John was speaking from experience. He knew the Lord. He knew him int in intimately. He knew him in a deep, personal way. They watched as he went to Calvary and died for the sins of all the world. He, Jesus, made himself known to all men. Jesus said it best. Jesus says, I, or said it unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto me unto the Father but by me. And one author said it this way about eternal life that John is talking about here, knowing him and knowing him in a simple or deeper, intimate way. The eternal life John is talking about is none other than the Jesus or none other than Jesus Christ. If you want a definition of eternal life, it is a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. It is so simple that even you and I can grasp it. You either have Christ or you don't have Christ. 
Either trust Christ or you don't trust Christ. If you trust Christ, you have eternal life. You put your faith and trust in Him. If you don't trust Christ, you don't have eternal life. Now, since, since that's eternal life, he said, do you have eternal life? Do you know for sure without a shadow that you're on your way to heaven? And do you know him in a personal way? Apart from the Lord Jesus, there is no life. We know that he's the only one who can give life. Notice the third part of this about knowing the Lord. How do we have joy that's full, overflowing? We First of all, we know him from the beginning. We, we know him because they've seen him as, as John talks. Look at verse number three. We know the Holy, or they knew the Holy Spirit. We can know the Holy Spirit. We can sense the Holy Spirit. That which we have seen and which we have declared, or heard and declared unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Fellowship means here, or simply carries the idea of having common or in sharing with. Christian fellowship means sharing the things of Christ. We share with one another. We can enjoy fellowship, and we can enjoy uh, spending time together and to do this as brothers and sisters in Christ, to know the Lord, we can have fellowship together as believers. And fellowship in our minds is often centered around food. We think about fellowships. We think about food and, and eating together. And I love fellowships. I love them. Especially if Papa John's is in the middle of it. I, I love it, okay? Uh, most of you probably don't know the backstory of that. And this has nothing to do with the message. But I worked at Papa John's for a little while. And uh, so I'm biased. Uh, before we moved here, I worked there for a little bit. So I had a love for Papa John's. And so... Uh, sometimes when I smell, all these memories flood in my mind, but uh, it's good pizza. Besides the point, fellowship, we're talking about here. Think about this. A fellowship, uh, this type of fellowship that John's mentioning here is only believers can share with one another, those who know Christ. There's a sweet fellowship amongst believers, isn't there? I watch every Sunday and I try to get out and speak to folks and, and fellowship together, but if people are talking and fellowshipping, hugging necks and loving on one another. It's a sweet time. It's a fellowship is a wonderful time. Uh, as I think about during COVID uh, year or the year of COVID and all those things took place, fellowship was uh, few and far between. Oftentimes, I remember during that time, I was working with my dad, and my dad and I were only two at church on Sunday. It was very unusual. Uh, we sat together, and we would pray, and we would uh, I usually would say something or sing, and he would preach, and it was just us two. And it was very interesting. I missed the fellowship of believers. That's one thing about uh, Bowling Springs that I love and our family loves is the fellowship and the uh, spending time together. And that's what John was speaking of here, the fellowship of coming together. The fellowship is with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, uh, Jesus Christ. Even, through, uh, even though joy of one another is great tonight, we understand there's no greater and sweeter fellowship of the Lord. We know that the fellowship we have with Him is so special and so sweet, and I hope that even today you've spent time with the Lord and you've gotten alone with Him and spoken to Him and your fellowship with Him throughout the day. This is why we gather together and, and, and spend time together, but we know that fellowship with the Lord is even more important than that. We talk together about the Lord and His Word, and we can enjoy that fellowship together, and we need each other in fellowship, but there's something just so special about the fellowship of the Lord that we can have. There's been moments that myself, I, uh, myself I've driven down the road or, and just talked to the Lord, and I hope you have too. I hope you find a place, a moment, a time, maybe whenever it is, and a quiet moment of the day to spend time with the Lord, and maybe those moments you've sensed the presence of the Holy Spirit. No doubt in this room tonight, many of us have been through moments where uh, we had no one else to look to, no one else to turn to. This year uh, has been a year of uncertainties for our family up until we got here and a year of, of things changing and a year of things happening. And even I mentioned last time I spoke that it was a, it was a test of our faith for our son to be born and, and just a lot of trials this year. A lot of things in my family, my parents have been through things and our, our faith has been tested. And those moments, those deepest moments, there was nothing greater than the fellowship of the Lord, nothing greater than the Holy Spirit. 
there sensing in my own life, and I thank the Lord for that. Do you have fellowship with him? That's what John was speaking of. That which we have seen and heard and declare unto you there that you may also or that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father. And from these things, we know, how do we have the joy overflowing, the full joy? How do we have that, that joy that's uh, bubbling over? First of all, we know, we have to know the Lord. We have to know him. Not just know him in the salvation uh, sense of that, but knowing him personally, intimately. Let's move on here. Look at verse number five. We see, second of all, tonight, not only do we know him, that's how we have joy, but second of all, we know him by getting in the light. Getting in the light. Look at verse number five. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. I want you to notice, we're thinking about the light tonight, getting in the light of having that joy overflowing, the work of the light. Notice the work of the light. God is holy. We know that. We understand that. And we know that um, he is the holy one, the one that we serve, we worship, we live for. And how can we as sinful people walk with such a holy God? Well, John tells us that God is light. This, in fact, is a definition of God. As we think about lights, lights here tonight shine in this room to help us see, and they shine into a, a dark place. Often we use our phones or a flashlight to see things, or uh, sometime in the middle of the night when I have to get up to go do something, I uh, turn my flashlight on to see so I don't fall and stumble. But the work that God, who is the light, is doing is showing us the dark places in our life and making them become uh, a, a light or understanding for us who is the light. You and I can go back maybe tonight to the place before we came to know Christ and maybe those moments before we trusted Christ as our Savior, those moments before we knew Him and He who is the light came into our lives and changed us and gave us Him, the light. We know what John is speaking of here. This then is the message which we have heard of Him and declaring to you that God is light. The greatest light we have to share with this world is the gospel, is Christ, is Jesus. I believe, as Pastor mentioned this morning, the one who was... Uh, the missionary that got killed this week, he was sharing the gospel and um, declaring the gospel to, to a world that needed the gospel, an area that was dark, a, a dark area, a very, very dark area. We know that and understand that. But uh, tonight, as we grow in, in, in knowledge of God, we get closer to the light. You think about, I think I heard of, uh, Dr. David Gibbs speak about this once, who said, uh, it's almost as if we pray and ask the Lord to search our hearts, search our lives. He shines that, that light. His word shines those places in our lives, those dark areas that maybe no one else knows about. John is speaking of that here. He is the one who brings light to darkness. He is the one who does that. We who know the Lord have the light. He is the one and only message we have to share. Simply this morning, or tonight, we heard again this morning in a great message on thankfulness, but the greatest message we have to give to folks is what Jesus has done for us and how he saved us. We can be thankful for that tonight. He is the best thing we can ever share. God is so good to us. We, we give him praise for that tonight. So we, first of all, we know that the work of the light, what John is speaking of, look at verse number six, we see the witness of the light. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. So it goes back to the, the previous question I asked already, is your light working? Is your light on? Not, not necessarily the lights in your, your house or your room or the lights on your phone, but your light tonight in your own personal light. Does it shine? Or as John says, is your light a lie? Does it lie? Think about this. There are a lot of people claiming they know Christ and have fellowship with Christ when in reality they do not at all. We've been dealing with real Christianity in our Sunday school class the last three or four weeks and talking about what it means to, to know Christ and have a relationship. It's relationship, not religion. If you were on class this morning, you heard me say that about 80 times. It's not. It's not religion. It's not a rules. It's not a checklist, but it's a relationship with Christ, what he's done in us and changed us. That's what the Christian life is, having a personal relationship with him. Many people lie and deceive themselves, thinking they have Christ or they know Christ or they 
uh, proclaim that. But it's easy to tack on Christianity, anything we want to add it to. Oh, I'm a Christian. Oh, I go to church. Or I do this or that. But it's harder to live it out so people can see it every day in our lives. One thing I've read a lot recently in, in, in the years right after COVID and, and article after article and thing after thing we came across, we saw that churches had closed up their doors and really true Christianity came to light. Many people uh, sat at home during that time and, and never returned back to church or they never uh, kept continue on in their Christian walk. Now I understand there's some cases in which people cannot do that and I, I'm not belittling that by any means, but many people just chose not to come back. Many people chose to give up. It wasn't anything. Their faith wasn't real. And we saw real Christianity during those years. Tough times and tough moments. But what John was speaking of here, and we know this, what John is saying, that if we say we know the Lord or we have fellowship, we have the Holy Spirit living in us, and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. It's pretty simple. I think John was a pretty straightforward guy. Pretty, pretty much spoke the truth in, in simple, understanding truth. We hear every week of, of Christian groups doing uh, things in the name of Christ and, and add on the Christian name, but we know ultimately they're accountable to God, and you and I tonight are accountable to God, and, and we are, but I believe tonight that, that in our own lives there should be a witness of the light. There should be a showing of the light in our own lives. We don't have to speak it, we don't have to say it, but we can show it by just living for the, for the Lord every day of our lives. We are accountable to Him. And tonight, I encourage you, if there's sin in your life, there's something that's hindering your fellowship with the Lord, then simply, as John says, you're not walking in him. Our lives should be a witness of the light. Notice the third part of this uh, getting in the light. We know that the work of the light, the witness of the light, but notice verse 7, the walking in the light. Verse number 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light and we have, no, and we have fellowship one with another, or one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Now, some people probably misunderstand this verse, and I think I did too when I first read it. They think that they can live how they want to because the blood of Jesus washes it all away. And that's probably the first thing we think of, the blood shed that Jesus, or blood he shed on Calvary. We can, it's a free pass to live however we want to. And, and we answer the Lord. We know that he does cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We know he does that. But I believe tonight what John is, is trying to encourage us is to stay close to Christ. Stay in the light. To get in Him, to trust in Him, to live for Him every single day of our lives. It's how we walk and draw closer to Him. You see, it's possible to walk in darkness thinking we're all right. We deceive ourselves. We think we are just okay, but the Holy Spirit should dwell in us and show us when we're wrong. All across churches today sat people, folks in churches all across this country who thought that they were doing or they were listening to the word of God and they were hearing it and they just said oh I'm okay I don't I don't need that they deceived themselves they have thought that they are okay but the work of the Holy Spirit is not working in them they're not allowing him to work and so they're sitting in darkness and they are comfortable with where they are spiritually and not really caring what God's word says John reminds them here but if we walk in the light as he is in the light we do have fellowship with him we we know him we we spend time with him we're walking with him we're 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 doing what he's called us to do in the blood and he goes on and the blood of Jesus Christ the Son cleanses us from all sin, meaning that we have that access to Him to go before Him and say, Lord, I'm sorry, I, I try my best to walk in the light, so help me get these things right. So that's what John was speaking here. But as soon as they get in the Word of God, these, these folks who say they're okay, the, the Word of God works in them and shows them they're wrong. John said if the person says he's having fellowship with God but is living in sin, he is lying. That word cleanses is showing a present tense, meaning that God is doing the work every day in our lives. He does that. We thank the Lord for that. That's the work of the light, getting in the light. So how do we have a joyful life? How do we have joy that's full 
And overflowing, first of all, we know him. Know him in a deeper, personal, intimate way. I'm so glad to know him tonight. I'm glad to know that he's with me. I'm glad, he know, I'm glad to know that I'm a Christian and I'm on my way to heaven. I don't have to check off a box today to, that I came to church. Or I don't have to check off that I did this today, but I have a personal relationship with Christ. But I'm also thankful that the light that God's work, or the working of the light in my life, and the word of God showing the things that need to be changed in our life, the Holy Spirit. I hope that you come to church anticipating to hear from the Lord. This is what walking in the light means. Notice the third one. We'll give you this last one tonight and be done. Not only do we walk in, or, or know the Lord and get in the light, but thirdly, how do we have joy and overflowing or full of joy? We think on his love. We think on his love. Look at verse number eight. Verse number eight. If we say <clears throat> that we have no sin... We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, this is a familiar verse, confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. So the first part we want to think about this, about his love, is the deceiving. Have you, ever, have you heard somebody say, oh, I don't sin? I think little kids are probably the ones that say it often. Oh, I've never sinned. I, I remember sitting in my dad's office one time with him, and uh, we were dealing with a, a young a little boy. He was four or five, and I think my dad always asked the question, have you ever sinned before? And he's like, I've never sinned. I've never done that. I, I've, I've never sinned before. And so little children, we often kind of figure those things out with them, and they know that they're not really serious about that because the first uh, point of understanding that you are a sinner is to realize you're a sinner, that you have sinned. But this is often the, the way people think they can get to heaven. You ever heard somebody say, oh, I'm on my way to heaven. I, I, I'm, I've done good or I do good. And John says this person is, is this is even worse than a liar. This person who says they, they don't sin or they've not sinned. He says, we say we have no sin. Look at verse 8. We deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Pretty harsh, isn't it? John was, like I said, John was to the point. He was uh, easily spoken or understood. But John was speaking the truth to the believers. He was trying to get them to understand that nothing they could do could earn their way to heaven. No matter what they did, no matter what they tried, no, how, no matter how they lived or the lifestyle they lived, nothing could cause them to enter into heaven and have eternal life. Because that was the main thought here in uh, the book of 1 John. doesn't mean that you're a liar, but it means that you, have, you don't have the truth. We're deceiving ourselves, as John says. We cannot bring ourselves to God's level. It's impossible for us to do that. There's none righteous, as the Bible tells us. Not, no, not one. Since we cannot reach this perfection, John gives us then a solution in verse 9. So we see the cleansing. Look at verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sin, confessing simply means to say the same thing God says. You and I are to say the same thing about our sin that God says. When God's word, his word says the thing that you did is sin or you see something in the word of God or the Holy Spirit speaks to you, we should look at God or, or answer the Lord, Lord, I, I realize that you say this is wrong and I'm, I'm siding with you on this. I, I understand that what you say in your word is truth and I'm going to agree with you that it's sin. Lord, you are right. I say the same thing as you. It is sin. And tonight, my friends, this is one of the greatest needs across this country for people to realize that, what, say the same thing God says about sin. And every one of us tonight, we answer the Lord. I've already said that. You and I, we don't answer to one another or to a pastor, to a church or anybody, but we answer to the Lord. But, but tonight, we understand that if we are going to have folks get right with the Lord and see revival and in our own personal life, Lord, let's start in me. Let, me. let me agree with you, God, what your word says about sin in my life. This is God's way for a Christian to deal with a sin in their life. Often we think 
God can't use us because of our past or our failures or uh, we've messed up or made mistakes and simply is not the truth. I've had people tell me that before and they say, well, I, God can never use me and God can't uh, do anything with my life. But uh, I simply reminded them and folks and they say that God can use you. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sins, what does God do? He cleanses us. Thank the Lord for that tonight. Thank the Lord tonight when I lay my head down before I go to sleep. Lord, would you show me anything in my life today that wasn't right or wasn't supposed to be or maybe an area that shouldn't have happened, something I shouldn't have acted upon or said. Or uh, Lord, I agree with you. I, I want that to be in my own life. God hates it, so now I hate it. And confession is, is, is understanding that God. we agree with what God has said in his word and our fellowship restored again. So we see thirdly, so think about this, knowing or understanding his love or, or thinking on his love, we see the understanding. Look at verse number 10, the understanding. Understanding. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. We agree with God. I want you to think about this phrase tonight. It's, it's a phrase that, that often I remind myself of and something about, but intimacy or, or really deep intimacy is rooted in honesty. Meaning that when we get honest with God, say, Lord, I, I know that in your word I agree to it. I, I know that I'm a sinner, that I make mistakes. Uh, Lord, help me to see that, understand that. And then we have that, that fellowship with the Lord. It's never too late to do what's right. Acknowledging wrong is the first step of, of getting back to that intimate relationship with the Lord. Having fellowship with him, as John said earlier in 1 John 1. This is why confession, confession stays, plays such a vital role in, in our Christian walk with the Lord. Without it... Without an attitude of confession, we'll begin to stockpile sin and guilt and uh, things will build up and we won't get things right and we uh, turn worry into shame and we will drive, drive us really further from the light of, of God's holiness and purity and, and truth. And each day, we need to do what it takes to walk in the light, as John's already said. We need to do what it takes to, to recognize His grace and mercy and, and get farther, furthest possible away from darkness as we possibly can. If we commit to this, say, Lord, I'll, I'll do whatever it takes to walk to you and walk in dark or walk in light. I read uh, this this afternoon. I was, I was thinking of some other thoughts and things came to mind, and I read through this and I wrote it down this afternoon. I love this, and this is a great, just a, a great way to start your day. One, one author wrote this way. He says, "I, I um, first thing I do in the morning, I wake up and." Or he says, Lord, and this is what he begins to pray. He says, pray something like this. Lord, I don't know what the hours in front of me will hold. I have no idea the people I will encounter. And I, I, <clears throat> I have no idea, or he said, I don't, I'll, I don't know the things I'll encounter, the challenges I'll face, the temptations I'll need to overcome. I don't know what tragedies or trials or triumphs I'll experience. I don't know what my health will be like by the end of the day. Most of us is tired. But you know, Lord, you know. So today I determined before you to walk in the light by your power. As I come to the forks in the road throughout the day, the choice between darkness and light, guide me to the light. I, I know that I'm a sinner. And I, in my own strength, I can do nothing to make this happen. So I ask for your power to walk in the light. That's powerful. It's a powerful statement. Then as we, as the author goes on to say, as we continue each day to remain aware of our own dark nature, that we can are one step away from darkness we must never forget that. We must never take that step away to dark, or towards darkness. In fact, there should be another day that goes by that we shouldn't think about, Lord, help me to walk closer to you. When we confess it, it means to say the same thing in God, agree with God, it's sin. And by confessing it, we're keeping that short account. So John says again, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. It's not my, our own power or might that we can do this, but it's only by the power of God's mercy and grace that we can conquer, overcome this it's only through the powerful, transforming grace as light that guides me in deeper light. So, you want to have a joyful life? Maybe tonight you, you've gotten 
Uh, joy or your joy is gone. Maybe something has stolen your joy. We've heard that phrase before. Well, simply tonight, we find this is not a true answer or a perfect answer, but it's a good remedy to start. It's a, it's a starting place. Lord, help me to get back into knowing you more personally. Lord, help me to get back in your word. Help me to spend time with you in a more uh, deep, intimate relationship with you. Lord, help me to get back in the light. Maybe we've gotten away from the Lord. Maybe we've allowed uh, things to, to consume our time. Maybe our our phones, our devices. I've had that recent encounter with the Lord and things have taken the time away from my family and my relationship with the Lord. And uh, we, we allow things to fill our lives up and not him and his power. So we, then we get in light and then we think on his love. Think about the fact that he cleanses us from sin. He wipes it away. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to, think, or to cleanse us from our sins. And we thank the Lord for that tonight. Maybe these past few years, many uh, people have had their family members gone or, or, or COVID took them or uh, health issues taking them. Maybe people have been through financial things or losing loved ones. I think about the family this week and we've been thinking about and praying for them this week and the losing of a family member is a tragedy, but God can give us joy through those times if we simply draw closer to him each and every day. It's a simple truth tonight, but I hope it helps you. Let's bow in prayer this evening. Maybe right there in your seat, just ask the Lord to help you and encourage you with these things.